0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman presented by River Wind Casino, we discuss a few things that Texas's AD said this week that will affect OU football. Then in FGTB, we discuss the disappointing loss to Kansas and talk a little NBA All-Star Weekend. And then we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosti will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Sunday, February 18th, and you're listening to The Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience and there's so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number 1 casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games including blackjack, blackjack match roulette and Teddy's favorite craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of February, all you got to do is visit riverwind.com riverwind casino, simply the best. Now recording this on Sunday afternoon, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Also, if your business wants to advertise on the podcast, please email us at theoklomabreakdown at gmail.com. Ted Lehman, how we doing, sir?
1: I'm doing fantastic, my man. I cannot complain. As you can see, I'm uh, playing a road game right now down in beautiful, well, not beautiful. I'm, din- I'm in Dallas.
0: I'm in Dallas. There's beautiful parts of Dallas. We've got a lot of listeners in Dallas. Choose your words carefully, Lehman. If you like concrete, and tell
1: lights, then Dallas is your place, baby.
0: That's fair. <laughs> there, there's some really nice areas. There Dallas is. is vast. There's some beautiful areas. Shout out to Dallas. all our Dallas listeners, even the ones that say they live in Dallas when really they live in McKinney. Yeah. Every, I feel I'm like a sure. lot of people just view 100 miles within Dallas. Uh, it's Dallas.
1: Well, it's hard because there's some blurred lines, you know, I'm sure whenever they're talking to people that live in Dallas, you know, they say it differently than whenever they're talking to people that live in Oklahoma, because to us, like, it's all the same thing for the most part.
0: (laughs) It's, it's so big that our little minds can't comprehend its vastness.
1: That's right.
0: Let's talk some OU football. Let's just avoid talking OU basketballs for, for as long as mm-hmm. we can. How about that? We'll, okay. we'll get there. We'll get there in FGTB. But we don't often break down what the Texas athletic director is saying, typically. But this week, Chris Del Conte gave his annual town hall. And honestly, he said a lot of things that are going to affect OU football. So that's where we're going to start, and first of all, I think it's really cool that he does that for their fan base, kind of a state of the program, state of the athletic Mm -hmm. program address, but he talked about OU Texas, and it got a lot of people's attention, including ours, and here's the quote from CDC. One of the things I'm also looking at is moving our OU game to 230 on ABC that'd be fantastic too, end quote. Ted, we've talked about this before on the podcast. This is something that has been discussed for years about moving that game away from 11 a.m. It certainly gets my attention when the athletic director for Texas makes a statement like that. And it almost makes me feel like that game moving to 2.30 is inevitable.
1: Yeah was was it at 2 30 last year no no it was 11 last, was it when was the last time we had a 230 kick
0: my I want to say when I was playing we had it was a random time it was like a 2 pm kick or something like that
1: okay but it hasn't been since it's all been 11.
0: every one that I've done as part of the radio crew has been part of uh, has been an 11am kick
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I um I think two 30s I mean that's the prime that's really the prime window. Um it's it's the prime party window for the Friday night before and you know it's it's a little bit easier probably to the the bad thing about eleven AM kick is everyone is arriving at the exact same time which makes it really difficult. 230 kick, you're going to get a wider range of arrivals, which makes things a little bit easier for people that are traveling to people that want to drive down for the day of the game makes it a little bit easier. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know rating, ratings wise, if 230 is a better window because 11, I mean, you can say what you want about 11 a.m. kicks, but they have tremendous ratings. That's why they keep Throwing Oklahoma in those windows, but, um, I'm, I'm all for it. Two thirty
0: kicks fine with me. I was, I was a little surprised by the amount of OU fans I saw on social media saying they didn't want it that, Ooh. you know, they, they like it at 11 AM and I get that, but I, I just don't think you can have it both ways. You can't say, hey, we want to be in the SEC. We want to be in the big leagues. We want to be featured in the big leagues. And then say, no, we don't want our most important game in the big time time slot. Yeah. I just I just don't think you can have it both ways because 2.30 on ABC, it, it's the new two, 2.30 CBS slot for the SEC. Yeah. That is where they are going to put their biggest game of the weekend. That is going to be the featured time slot for that conference. It's a good thing if OU Texas is in that time slot. 100%. Because that means you are on the biggest stage in the sport that weekend. And especially if it's in that time slot every single year, that's a ton of exposure for Oklahoma football. Yeah. Now that game gets a ton of exposure no matter when you play it, Ted, but I just don't think you could say, we want to be part of the SEC. We want to be taken seriously. We're coming to the SEC to win games. We're, you know, we're not taking a backseat to anyone and then go, no, 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 but we don't want that game at two 30. I just, I don't think you can do that.
1: No, uh, my guess is it's, it's probably a, a smaller group that wants the, wants it to stay at 11 a.m. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see it both ways. I, if you're watching on television at home and you're not making the trip to the game, 2:30 is clearly better, not even close. If you're going to the game, I can see how 11 AM may be preferable. Uh, I, it's probably going to be a much cooler early part of the game. Right, Um, it's going to get hot no matter what. Usually, But two thirty, it's gonna be. You're gonna be getting baked. I I get that. Uh, Eleven a.m. Like you can, you show up on Friday, do the Friday night thing, go to the game, and still get home at a decent time. But two thirty is ultimately that's where you want to be. I want to say that. I want to say every OU Texas I played in was at two thirty, except for the two thousand year was at eleven a.m. I think. Other than that. I thought they were all two thirty, and that was pretty commonplace for a while before this whole eleven a.m. thing started. Right,
0: and, and that's the thing is, it, you look at this is a classic pros cons situation, and, and one of the cons that I keep keep seeing people bring up is, oh, the fans will just get so drunk. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: like I. You what? Gotta have A little bit of personal responsibility. It's on each individual to to uh, find the find the sweet spot on intake.
0: They'll be Ubering. It'll be fine. Yeah, I I don't think all of a sudden a bunch of just melees are going to break out in the stands. You don't see that happen at SEC games for the most part, where these fans are really lubed up for some of these night kickoffs. Doesn't even happen at LSU.
1: I, and I know that. I know that there's things that happen, but I if you're talking about having problems at OU, Texas, the in stadium is the least of your worries. I when when they're intermingling throughout Dallas at different get together spots, like that's where your problems typically would arise. Um not I I don't know. I've been I've been to I played in four and I've now been to 12 or 13 covering and i've never seen a fight in the stands doesn't mean they don't happen doesn't mean that they're not there but it's not like it's not a common occurrence so it's i guess let's not worry about something that's as far as i know never been an issue
0: i I think the other thing that people bring up is that that area dallas isn't you know doesn't have the greatest reputation and they like that it's played early and everyone can get out of there, but is all hell going to break loose when the game is over at 6.30 PM? I just, I find that extremely hard to believe. I, I mean, think you're it's going to be the, fine.
1: You're still in the window where it's probably getting dark at like eight or eight 30, right? Maybe not quite that late at that point, but. The game has been played at 2.30 a bunch of times. It's not like a novel thing. So now night games, like you you can, I think there's reason to to suggest maybe a night game isn't the best idea. I actually think it would be great, but, you know, 2.30 shouldn't be a problem.
0: You know what I think the worst part of it would be?
1: The heat's all I could think of.
0: I'm just thinking about being a player and having to wait around that long. Yeah. Because that game, the anxiety that builds, like the anticipation, whatever, whatever words you want to use to describe that feeling, it just feels different than mm-hmm. every other game. Yeah. And there was there was a certain comfort in just being able to wake up and go play and not have to worry about it all day. But you'd have to you'd have to stew in the anxiousness a little longer if you were a player. That that's about the worst thing I can think of about it. If they did feature it more consistently in the two thirty time slot.
1: Yeah. You get the, I I mean, I feel like if, if you play it at 11 AM, you're getting up earlier, you're getting up before everyone else. Right. So there's not a whole lot of, the doors banging as people are leaving, but you're also going to bed before everyone else. So you get the, maybe the late night arrivals like at two 30. I imagine I, like, the early morning you may, you may get woken up early, but I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. Like the quicker you can play a big game, the better. That's what's, that's like the thing about night games, which I personally loved night games because I felt like, i was i don't know how you are but i always felt like i'm not quite ready and a night game gives you like another day of meetings another opportunity for to go over your notes a little bit more and to dial whatever whatever problem that you feel like you have just go back and review all that stuff a little bit more but other than that you know it's i i don't know i I think 2.30 will be fine. I think the fans will enjoy it. It's going to be hotter than the surface of the sun, but that's something that we're used to at this point, I think.
0: There's nothing better than looking at the sunburnt people walking out of the Cotton Bowl.
1: That last, that October sunburn just hits a little different, right? You've had it, time to lose that summer tan a little bit, but you still mentally, it's still there. Wrong.
0: Just, did you think, you were tougher than the sun? Did you not put any sunscreen on? Oh, there's some. there are just some absolute gems of sunburns walking out of that thing.
1: By the time you notice it, it's it's far too late, baby. It's already cooked in. You're going to have the OU on your cheek forever. You know, it's just bright red.
0: The only other thing I can think of that would be a negative, and it just dawned on me, I think I take... One nap a year. I'm not a, i I just can't nap. I try just not good at it, not my thing. but for whatever reason after that game, I can get a nap. It's not a long one, but it's basically my one nap of the year. If this thing slides to two thirty, that annual nap goes away, but I'm willing to sacrifice it i'll do yeah. I'll do that for it to be the featured game in all of college football that weekend. Um, yeah. I support and it. Even if I, I lose my nap. Be,
1: I may be a a two-nighter, or I guess for me, actually a three-nighter for the first time, because on 11 a.m. kick, I can usually leave, hit the, uh hit I-35 North and be back at my house in time for the primetime kickoff game, whatever that is usually. But, um, I may just have to hang in Dallas for an
0: extra day. I like the sound of that. Nothing
1: wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Live podcast after the game? at a Ooh. bar in Dallas? Ooh. Huh. But what happens if they lost? That would be really, we'd be so sad. <laughs> and just hammering drinks. I'll tell you what happens. Yeah,
1: The best podcast we've ever had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Want to hit one other thing that Chris Del Conte said quote, this year we have an eight game schedule. The following year we have another eight game schedule. Then we'll look at going into a nine game conference schedule End quote. So does that mean that we're looking at OU having another eight game SEC schedule next season, Ted, because that's how I interpreted it that, They're going to play eight SEC games this year. They're going to play eight SEC games next year. And then once 2025, or I guess 2026, rolls around, maybe they bump it up to nine. I know some people thought they would go nine next season, but I do think it's smart for the SEC to just see how things work out with the 12-team playoff with an eight-game conference schedule.
1: Yeah. You know, the nine-game situation, I think one of the ideas they threw around is three permanent, six rotating, right? I mean, that's fine, whatever. But with the eight-game schedule, originally, like, one of the thoughts was with how things were going to be scheduled is that every SEC team is going to play OU in Texas in the first two years, right? And that makes sense if we just kind of swap schedules with Texas, who they play this year, we play next year. And that will make sense, and I'm down with that. But the interesting thing, and I, I didn't hear the clip, but it was relayed to me as though Del Conte said that they're going to play A&M every year. They're playing them this year in order for them to play them next year. If it's still an eight game model, but that's won't be the original case where everyone plays. OU in Texas in the first two years. Now, I don't know the context. Maybe he just meant that once he, they move to a nine game,
0: he wants to play them every year. Maybe is what he meant. Maybe
1: that's Which their desire totally considering. They didn't want to play him every year before. They absolutely refused to play each other, but um, I don't know. I The nine-game schedule is... I, I, I'm, I guess I'm curious to see, because we've got some great non-conference stuff that's slated here for the future. The nine conference games, it starts to make that look look a little bit different, you know, because there was a point where everyone was like, okay, let's start scheduling these tougher non-conference games. But now if everyone's going to start playing nine conference games, then it's going to be, well, are we so hot to, with the 12 team playoff? Are we, are we so hot on playing all those games? I don't know. Just have to see how it plays out. Hopefully everyone still plays the good non-conference stuff.
0: And what happens if they expand the playoff even more? If it's a 16-team playoff, then does it make more sense to play eight games or nine games? And, and let's not forget the financial piece of this because from what I understood, ESPN and the SEC had some conversations about adding a ninth conference game, and it didn't sound like ESPN at that point in time wanted to pay for it. So is this a, you know, two more years, a little more time for the SEC to convince ESPN to pay them more money for more conference games?
1: Maybe, I don't know, but with the, with the amount of money that they're shelling out for the playoff, I, I don't know, but you know, if those games make sense, they make sense. They're not all SEC games are premium games, but they rate really good and, you know if you add a conference game for everyone you're going to get some extra really good games that are going to do really well and financially it would probably be worth it but you know i i don't know i it's so hard to cuz we we just don't know how the 12 team playoff is going to go and i think that's probably i think everyone would probably not mind waiting to see how it plays out the first year before we make any big, long, uh, like, ironclad decisions that we can't go back and change.
0: I I don't think OU playing another eight-game conference schedule in 2025 is a bad thing at all. No. No, I I guess if you could guarantee (laughs) – they're supposed to play Vandy that year, but I am. When you when you factor in that they've got Michigan in the non conference in twenty twenty five, I would would I love a ninth conference game? Sure. Maybe it's an extra home game. I, we want the fan base to get as many great games in Norman as possible, but. Two years kind of easing your way into the new conference isn't the worst thing in the world. Not scared. Not scared. I'm just being realistic about the situation. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's, it's going to be, for the most part, you're adding, you're replacing a much easier game. Right? That's what it's going to be. You're going to be replacing a much easier game Except for whenever you're playing Vanderbilt, which is everyone's like, you know, (laughs) I mean, everyone's going to have to rotate through that one. But for the most part, you're going to be playing a much more difficult game than you would have had in the non-conference, you know, because because you're not playing you're not playing four really good non-conference games. You're playing your tough one, usually two middle of the road and then your your main. right. You're probably still going to have your main. You're probably still going to have your tough one. You're going to lose your middle of the road and replace that with an SEC conference game, which is, for the most part, going to be more difficult than what we're playing Houston and Temple this year is our middle-of-the-road game. I Those are not going to be as difficult, typically, as your extra conference game.
0: We'll see how it works out. But it's interesting, once again, when... The athletic director for Texas is saying this stuff. You just got to pay attention mm-hmm. because I don't think it's just coming out of nowhere. Right. So a uh, couple things that their AD said that certainly, uh, certainly could affect Oklahoma football. Let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys the most important thing that happened this week for OU football. And this one, it's the best one. Only one we're going to hit. Comes from at boomer damn sooner who says that EA college football is coming out this summer. He has an interesting question on the end. Who will be our highest rated player? His money is on Stutzman or Billy. Yeah. Kind of has to be, doesn't it? I, I would think that's an interesting conversation between those two guys. Part of me thinks Stutzman will be the highest rated because of the personality. I, I think a lot of people a, a lot of people around the country knows know know who he is now because of the Texas game and, and everything that took place after that. Billy's just kind of a quieter guy. And in this situation, yeah. I feel like being the known guy may tack on a point or two for Stutzman. Yeah. I, I
1: think that that if i had to if i had to single one out and and pick that's probably who i would pick it would be stutzman now um now well, you can have your own argument as to who actually is the highest like who should have the the best rating but i my guess is it's probably going to be stutzman
0: i'm excited that that game's coming back i'm excited okay. for the guys man it's just it sounds so so stupid, but it's just cool to be able to play with yourself on a video game. It just is. Yeah. It's like I I feel for
1: the all the guys that never got that opportunity. You know, it's uh whenever it went away, shouldn't have shouldn't have gone away, but if we get it back, I think we'll be happy. There was that little that lost decade there in between, but I I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm glad that they were able 'Cause there for a while it looked like, oh, here we go. Because of the NIL stuff, like there's no way this is gonna happen to get everyone to sign off on it. But here we are. I'm I'm thrilled. And you know, I like my son plays Madden. And as you know, he's not a huge sports kid, but Madden has like introduced him to a whole new world of, of players like old players. Like you do all the, you know, the legend stuff, you can get a bunch of players on there and you know, it, it brings more people to college football. That's what I'm excited about. There's going to, it's going to bring more people to college football.
0: You're definitely going to be on the OU legends team. You're going to get a call.
1: I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um,
0: I'm still a little skeptical. I know that they released the trailer. I watched it. I I don't know, five times. It was just, fired up about it they released some of the graphics like that stuff but i'm just gonna need the game i guess you don't even go and get games anymore you just download them to your your gaming system your console but until i am actually playing the game i'm still gonna be slightly skeptical because of the nil and legal piece of it but it felt like a huge step in the, in a great direction with everything that they put out this week. I was fired 100%. up, man. hundred percent.
1: It feels good. Like, I, I guess I still felt like whenever I saw the trailer that. Shouldn't we have seen a little bit more than what we saw? You know, like it's almost feels like, cause it was supposed to come out. There was supposed to be some type of announcement or commercial previously. Right. And, it didn't show up and everyone was all panicked. It almost feels like they slapped this together as an answer to that. But I don't know. I, if if we hit the, the estimated date, I'll be happy.
0: I'm with you. <sighs> and talk some basketball. Let's get it done. But first. <laughs> Loves Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide $0.10 per gallon discount on gas and auto-diesel. Just download the the Loves Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop $0.10 per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Oh man,
1: sorry, I lost my spot. Celebrate so right with Scooter All American L, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop L named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score. You can join in on the celebration with an ice cold beer from Coop Works. You can enjoy it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletic Events, at the bar, at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit schoonerale.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day.
0: And Simple Modern is an Oklahoma-owned company founded by former Sooners. Their mission statement is, we exist to give generously. And they've given millions away in product and donations to nonprofits all over the state and all over the country. Simple Modern is a great company with a great mission, and their products are also the perfect swag for any small business owner. You can customize tumblers, water bottles, and coffee mugs to give to current or potential customers. They will love the quality and how trendy they are. Check that all check them out check it all out check it all out at simplemodern.com football guys talking basketball they lost to kansas again mm-hmm. seven in a row is that it's, right it's been a long time it's been a, a long time. been a while been a while sooners lose to kansas 67 57 now Porter Moser's group did not. They didn't have Suarez. They didn't have Hugley. Kansas got McCuller back, and Hunter Dickinson looked decently healthy. Was moving well. He just killed him. Twenty and sixteen for Dickinson. You look at Hugley would have been able to match up a little better. Just another body to make things difficult on Dickinson. Even though that. He got her after he got after OU in their first matchup pretty good. So yeah. maybe I'm just trying to make excuses, but Suarez he, he has been their best player in conference play. So to not have him was a big blow. But it, things look good in the first half, Ted. Look yeah. good, but the, it it really felt like that game shifted a little bit in the last four minutes of the first half, where it it. it it felt like OU was playing really, really well. They were up by 10, and this could not close the half strong. And Kansas made some defensive adjustments in the second half with what they were doing on some of the ball screen stuff. And the centers just, oh, man, they struggled in the second half to score the basketball. My goodness.
1: Yeah. Well, you had that one. Oh gosh, what was the score? You know, you're you're right around the five, four or five minute mark in the second half, and you know, Kansas just goes on this this little tear where you're right there, you're within range, game's fairly tight, and then we miss a wide open jumper. Kansas grabs the rebound, goes goes down, gets an easy look, come back, miss another wide open three. Kansas goes down. I think they got an and one or something. Come back down, miss a wide open jumper, long rebound. Kansas goes down score and the game's over. In like three trips up and down the floor, you just you 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 strike out on some threes which you hit in the first half, right? Which which, you know, gave you the lead and and had you where you're feeling good about it with your confidence and then it just so happened that they they went on that little run and we could not hit the wide open looks. And I mean, I know there was a lot more that happened throughout the game, but that was kind of just like in the Baylor game, you know, we had that that good competition and then that little swing there before half and it totally changed the entire game. And, you know, that's un- unfortunately We've been susceptible to some of those this
0: year. It was a tie game with nine and a half minutes to go in the game. Yep, forty six all, and Kansas just completely dominated the game down the stretch. And yeah, it, it's disappointing. Would it have been, you know, could have could OU have won that game if Soares and Hugley weren't hurt? I I don't know, but. If you short shoot four of twenty two in the second half against anyone, you're probably gonna lose. One of eleven from three in the second half. It's just with the way that it started, scoring fifty seven points at home.
1: Yeah.
0: It's rough. It hurts. It's not fun. I was not having a good time. I was watching it at a bar in Atlanta. They had draft Guinness. I said bartender more. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I need it, but I, I, I'm trying to look at the positives from this game. I continue to like what I see from Jalen Moore, the energy, the attitude, the confidence. He was really good in the first half. I wish he would have hit some more shots in the second half. Mm-hmm. JV McCollum. It felt like he had that swag back in the first half and then kind of just disappeared. Had some bad yeah. turnovers that led to easy buckets for Kansas. I, I'm just trying to, I I, I don't want, it, it feels like a lot of people are just giving up on on this team and I don't want that to happen. But as I sat and thought about it, I was like, what, what are the positive takeaways from this game? Yeah. The first half, <laughs> I guess, is the answer. Half. You know,
1: I think... Um it's interesting whenever we had uh, coach Moser on the other day, you know, one of the things that he was talking about that he, he thought they'd be better at, or were better early and have lost a little bit is just straight up shooting the basketball. You know, it's, it's, you gotta make shots. And whenever you're getting wide open, wide open looks at three, you gotta make them. You gotta make a, uh, a decent percentage of them when you got wide open mid range jumpers, you got to be able to knock them down. When you got little, you know, offensive rebounds, you got an opportunity to put a little layup back. You got to make it. And we, for whatever reason, I, it's not like the guys aren't capable. It's like somehow they've developed a mental block on the wide open jumpers. And I know it's a big confident sport. You know, whenever you're rolling, you got momentum and you, you trust your shot you feel good about it, but right now it's, I mean, they haven't shot it great in a while.
0: I think Owe is really struggling with his confidence when it comes to shooting the ball. He's developed a pretty noticeable bad hitch mm-hmm. in his release. and It just doesn't, he doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look confident. Anytime he shoots the ball, I, I don't think it's going in just because of how it looks. Yeah. And and they they needed him to make a jump, right, with how encouraged we were by his athleticism, what he did last year. And it just – it has not come in conference play for Otega away at all. And it's unfortunate, man. I, I was I was hoping he'd be a guy that would be a huge contributor to this team, but offensively especially, it's just – it's not coming together for him
1: no and unfortunately we're going on the road to Oklahoma state so that's a rivalry game you're going to get you're going to get Oklahoma state's best game of the entire year right and it's not going to get easy at all like there are no get right games the rest of the way for Oklahoma so I, I wish that you had like a little buffer before you enter tournament play. And, you know, I would say that there were, works not done to make the tournament. And, you know, it may come down to that road game at Texas, the last game of the season to like, that may be a playing game for Oklahoma and Texas to see who makes the
0: tournament. That would be, that would be quite dramatic but they get this week off. So hopefully they've got no game on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Get so healthy. hopefully they can get Soros back then get Hughley he's back. He's been
1: good, man. He's been, he's been a real bright spot
0: on both ends of the floor too. I mean, he's been, he's been really strong for him in big 12 play, but need those guys back on the floor. Got to go win Bedlam round two. Oklahoma state is not a good basketball team. I know that Stillwater is now, it's not what it used to be when you talk about going and playing in Calgary, but, but I'm sure that the crowd be will be going one. for that one.
1: Yep. That's right. Not going to be easy. You got, I mean, you got to get it. I think what we're 18 uh, wins right now and 18 and eight. 18 and eight. Usually the magic number is going to be around 20 to make the tournament. Like I still think they're a tournament team. I still think they're going to get to 20 wins, but it it's going to be tough down the stretch.
0: Only other thought I have on that game. I really like Johnny Furphy. He's good. What do you have? 15 and nine. If he sticks yeah. around and I don't know how long he's planning on being there. So the guy can play. He's got a chance to be an all time hated Jayhawk.
1: <laughs> yeah. He
0: really does. Just everything about him. The haircut, the way he plays the guy can ball. He's got he's got serious hate potential. But yeah. I, I just don't know how many years he's gonna stick around. He may be a one and done guy for all I know. I haven't really checked in on his, you know, kind of where he where his draft status, where his draft stock is at, but
1: he yeah. sure hurt the
0: Sooners on Saturday. My goodness.
1: It's one of those, it feels like it's Kansas does this pretty often where they just kind of just kind of float around. They don't look like they're any real threat. I mean, they're good, but don't look like a real threat to to go on a run in the tournament. And then right the last couple weeks of the season, they start to look like a totally different, basketball team, and I wonder if this year's going to be the same.
0: We'll see, but Sooner's got to bounce back. Got a full week to to heal up, and then a big one in Stillwater next Saturday. Talk a little thunder. NBA All-Star Weekend. Congratulations. A formal congratulations to Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams on their Rising Stars Championship with Team, J- team Jalen. How about that? It was even named... It wasn't named after Jalen Williams, but it, hey, he's named, it his world, name his name is Jalen. His name is Jalen, and he was on Team Jalen, so you you knew he was going to do something important. And Jw ends up hitting the three to win the whole thing, which was really really cool. But that really all that matters. I'm glad that they got that recognition. I think everyone is acknowledging how exciting those two guys are as players, like separate even separate from what Shea is doing. There's a lot of talk about how exciting the future is for the Thunder with those three guys, but all that matters is that they got out of there healthy. That's all I care about. I they didn't didn't land on anyone's foot. Chet went up for a couple of those lobs and he threw them down. And I'm cheering. I'm like, no one get near him. Get away. So I know it. it's and you it's throw funny. Case and Wallace in there too. He. He comes out clean. So that, that's all I was worried about watching that. I was like, great, great guys do an awesome job. Please, please don't roll an ankle or do something.
1: Uh, I same feeling. So I'm in Dallas down here watching my niece play soccer and, you know, she was in a, one of these big, uh, it's basically an all-star game for this nationwide club thing, whatever, but the whole time watching the the game it's all i can think about is like, like careful careful don't you know and i'm i'm nervous watching her play she's coming to ou so that's going to be awesome thrilled about that but gosh watching her play is i'm over there trying to act normal but it's all i'm thinking about it's the same thing whenever you know you're watching uh your all stars in the all star game it's like can we please not injure our best player in an all-star game that is meaningless. Please, can that, can that not happen?
0: We are recording this before the actual all-star game is played, and I'm sure Shea is going to do some great things. I do think it would be hilarious if he just plays his normal game and he just randomly gets to his spots around the elbow and is just shooting mid-range jumpers the entire game, just, just killing them. With his mid range game, I I think that would be no, hilarious.
1: No running the the floor and doesn't and, leave the
0: ground oh, once. Sucks. Just mid range only.
1: <laughs> Go hit the bank from the from the wing. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That would be funny. He, his style. When you think about all the star players in the NBA, maybe Jokic is probably number one in this conversation. But a guy you're not worried about him doing something in an all-star game where he could end up getting hurt. I feel like that list starts with Jokic and then Shea is probably next on that list. Like Giannis is going to be flying through the air, doing something crazy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not Chase thing. We're good. Bring the
1: old man game to the all-star game. Let, let the young bucks go fly around out there and, and, and dazzle everyone. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, you know, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll do his thing tonight. And everyone, uh, for the most part, is probably going to walk away talking about him like always. So very
0: cool. Hopefully he hits 17 mid-range jumpers and wins MVP. There you go. And never leaves, the, never leaves the ground, Groundbound attack. <laughs> Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend.
1: But first... All
0: you grill masters, listen up. Didier Ranch
1: delivers premium quality beef that is 100% raised in Oklahoma right to your front door. Go to didierranch.com, D-I-D-I-E-R, ranch.com to order one of their premium quality beef boxes and use promo code OKLAHOMA15 for 15% off your order. Filet, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, steak burgers, they've got it all, and they ship anywhere in the continental U.S., and Oklahomans get deliveries in just one to two days. The only thing better than having a lot of premium beef on the O and D line is having premium beef delivered right to your front door dear to your ranch tradition tastes better
0: and head to the garage for hand smash patties, butter, toasted buns, and some ice cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all garage locations being open at 10 PM or later every night, it's the go-to late night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend?
1: Nice win last night. OU baseball with a really nice win over Tennessee. Tennessee has been one of the best baseball programs in the country for a while now, and uh, a really nice win over them. and And it was late. It was 10 innings. I think it was one-to-one. Uh, I think both teams scored in the fourth, and then it was scoreless. And then in the top of the 10th, we we kind of blew it open. I think we scored four runs there. And um, it was cool to see Willits, the young Willits freshman, get in there and have some success. Been struggling a little bit, but um, I think he uh, he knocked in the, the RBI to the go ahead there. And uh, it was good for him to get some confidence going and uh, I like it. Baseball team's looking good. They backed that win up with another win today over Nebraska, putting some runs up. Spikerman is doing just like uh, what you thought he was going to do. He struggled a little bit at times last year, but he's off to a really nice start this year, scoring a bunch of runs for them in that leadoff spot. So baseball's looking good, man. Uh, start of the season uh, off to a really good start. Two and one. They lost the the opener against Oregon, but. Another good uh, team in Oregon, and, and it was a it was a, a nicely played game there, but uh, weren't able to get the win. But OU baseball is off to a nice start,
0: and Tennessee is what number seven. Yeah, they have been yep. a very very good program, and that's the type of win early in a season that can get the juices flowing for a team. Yep. Whereas, no, hey, right. we went and went and got that win. Guys, we maybe we can put something together this year. I know the baseball season is so long, they play so many games. Yeah, but that's a great way for Skip and, and that coaches that they, they can use that for sure. We need to get Skip on. He is, he is the absolute best.
1: Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. That's it's You got to get confidence. I mean, it's just like anything else. Uh, just talking OU hoops earlier, confidence is a huge part of it no different baseball if you can get some of your guys rolling get some runs across get some pitchers uh you know feeling good going out and having a really nice outing gets a team like Tennessee it's really something good to build on it's good to see that they're playing well early in the year Uh, I think Dallas Baptist is next who they play every year (laughs) Dallas Baptist is so good it's like every year we play them and I laugh at it it's like Can we stop playing Dallas Baptist, please? Can we please stop playing that team in baseball? They're they're so scrappy every year, but feel good about where they're at right now. And uh, I think it's only going to get better.
0: Dallas Baptist ain't ready for the chaos, Ted. Don't be scared. I hope not. I I got faith in the guys. Don't worry about it. But but you combine that with clearly how OU softball has started. Shocking. They're just, they're rolling. Yeah. Sixty
1: six straight now. Is that what it's up to? I, I have 66, lost
0: count. Yeah. I've lost count. It's. It, let me know when they get to hundred, right? Which is right. in play. But yeah, Diamond Sports. It's that it, it. It's getting going. We'll be locked in, yeah. and we're getting close to that that
1: home opener in, at Loves Field. It's March one, and he got some work to do to get there. It's gonna hey. be the paint's gonna be drying whenever their uh, when first pitch comes across.
0: All I know is you do not want to let Patty Gasso down when it comes to that deadline. Oh uh, no, that is not. I I would not want to be that construction team. So you I've got full it. faith. I've got full faith that it's gonna be ready to go. Let's go. Need it. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend?
1: Okay, this is kind of random. The, uh, the G League, the Ignite League. Uh, Silver says they're going to have to look at that, uh, whether or not they're going to keep it around after just a couple of years. It's the league where it's like the in-between. Guys that are not old enough to go to the NBA um, have give them a chance to play some professional basketball before they're eligible. And the NIL situation in College Hoops is kind of changing some of that and I think it's interesting you know really don't care much about the Ignite League but it's something that we've talked about I love that
0: you're calling it the Ignite League when they're just in the G League and it's the Ignite it's the G League Ignite it's a team gotcha gotcha it's like a it's a developmental team
1: right shows what I know about it Yeah, but it's really just to get to the thing that we've talked about a little bit before, but how NIL is going to keep a lot of guys in college sports. And I hope that this is one of the good things that we see come of it. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, you know, sticking around, going to play another year at Oregon. He probably had a huge influence for Stutzman and Bowman playing another year at OU. Whenever we talked to uh, Jim Nagy about, You know, some of the the senior bowl stuff, a record low number of juniors for them coming out, uh, at least for uh, recent years. So I think this is one of the good positives from NILs. We're going to see some guys stick around college hoops or college hoops, college sports a little bit longer.
0: I I'm with you. I know this. I watch a whole lot more college basketball than I watch G League basketball. Because I watch zero G League basketball, I don't even watch the Oklahoma City Blue. But yeah, and you know how much I love. If it's Oklahoma City, I'm usually watching. But I, I'm not dialed into not not G watching League.
1: Oklahoma City Blue. Nobody's watching the that Blue. <laughs> I,
0: there are some people that go to the games, and you guys are you guys are the best. You're diehards, but you you have to set certain limits. And I I do not consume G League basketball, but. Big Monday, ESPN throughout the week. You know all the the big slate of games on Saturdays. Yeah, I'm always watching. I'd rather see, and I know that you know every every guy's situation is different. And it seems like what they've done with the G League at night is you know, they do a good job of helping these un, these guys understand what it's like to be a pro, and you start getting them on that track and you're eating, and you're training, and you're doing everything like an NBA guy would do, and that's that's the point of the program, but I want to see those types of guys play college basketball. Yep. And I just think it's way more fun for those guys, and you naturally you get this fan base wherever you go. Yeah, you got to go to school. You got to deal with all that, but you get this... Natural, these naturally built in fans the rest of your career, even if you're only there for a semester to play basketball. It just, I just think it'd be way more fun and you can make money now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know,
1: th- th- the biggest edge in college sports is whenever you have an upper class heavy team, whether it's hoops, whether it's football. When you have a bunch of senior experience on your team, it matters maybe more than anything else. So I, I think it's awesome. It's going to help the product, too. Uh, you know, the the better players that stay for longer, that have more experience, that are more well-rounded, it's going to make the product better. So I'm down for it. I hope, this, uh, hope the trend continues. It's one of the few things as of right now that we can look at in NIL, other than the guys getting paid, which I'm all for, Um, but you know, I, I think it's a a nice little positive.
0: If a guy is in position to go the ignite route though, there have been some results of the last couple drafts that are hard to argue with. Jalen green went number two overall in 2021. Kamingo went number seven that year. Dyson Daniels went number eight in 2022, 2023. Scoot Henderson went number three. Overall, they're all ignite guys. Yeah, they're they're there for a reason. No kidding. They're not just. It's
1: not. We're just
0: being selfish. We want to watch them play college basketball and be in those environments. It'd be so much more fun to have those special guys in college hoops. But we watch a lot of Thunder and we watch a lot of OU. At times, it looks like a different sport. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes it does yes it does i think college basketball plays with a bigger basketball and a smaller cylinder
0: (laughs) are you sure you can see the exact dimensions from that baylor camera angle
1: oh that's true that's true no uh, um yeah i hope that i hope this is a trend that that we see and it and it continues
0: and i hope they all go to oklahoma Yes. And we win way more basketball games. That would make me happy. I think that would make Porter Moser very, very happy. Yes. Let's finish up with my winner and loser. But first, attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And head
1: to opolisclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there. That's opolisclothing.com, O-P-O-L-I-S, clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off.
0: For my winner of the weekend, random one, thought about going with Ladd McConkey, wide receiver Georgia. Ted, can you believe? that it was the 10-year anniversary, and they gave me a watch, a 10-year anniversary watch. Wow. Of me winning the Warful Trophy. Went back, and congratulations to Lad McConkey. Really good player. Uh, got to spend a lot of time with him over the last couple days. Just a really impressive guy. I'll be rooting, rooting like hell for him a- as he progresses in the NFL. But yeah, the 10th anniversary of me winning that award we hadn't been back in a couple years, and it was just awesome to see all those people. Uh, there's still a lot of the same people that were handling a lot of the things uh, when I won it, and it was fun to be around the guys. There was several guys that uh, came back as well, got to chat with them, stayed up late Friday and Saturday night just talking, You know, drinking some wine, drinking some beers. It was it was awesome. And, and the award is it's grown so much since I won it. It used to be in Fort Walton. And I stayed in this bed and breakfast called Aunt Martha's. (laughs) Nice. It was like an old school bed and breakfast. And now it's in downtown Atlanta. The gala was on the field at the College Football Hall of Fame. It's just so cool to see how it's grown. And this is something I was talking to Danny Warfel about. College football has... It's changed so much, but I feel like what that award is all about hasn't changed at all. It's about what you do on the field, what you do in the classroom, and then what you do in your community and NIL and the port, it it hasn't changed that. So I, it was just, it was a refreshing weekend, man. I I was really glad that we went back.
1: That's cool. 10 years flies by, right? Oh my
0: gosh.
1: It reminds me, this year is 20 years since uh, I won the Buckus Award. You need to go back, dude. Old, 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 old.
0: Man, but it was it was really fun catching up with Danny Warfel, kind of getting the life updates from all the different guys. Uh, Sam Acho, of course, you know. Hey, congrats on the playoff, but uh, how'd that game at Dallas go? <laughs> Don't come back for that one, Acho. Oh, he's the best. But just everyone that has a part in that award is, they're just great people. And they made me speak. I didn't know I was going to have to say anything, but they made me come up on the stage. And they gave me my watch, my 10-year anniversary watch. And I basically said, I don't know if this is selfish or not, but I keep coming back because when I leave this weekend, being around all you really good people it just makes me feel like a better person (laughs) that's good
1: that's good that's uh that's awesome well i'm glad if anyone can step up there and have plenty to say on a moment's notice it's you
0: and i didn't cuss which you should have seen the look in warful's eye he was like oh no we'll (laughs) see we'll see how it goes no, but it was great. It was a fantastic weekend in Atlanta. And by the way, Atlanta, sneaky awesome to take your kids. Really? Aquarium, like Coca-Cola World. There's a kids museum. It was awesome. Cool. We took we took my my sons to the aquarium and they loved it. Nice. My oldest was a little, little skeptical on the shark exhibit. I bet. Don't but there was a dolphin, in. there was a dolphin show. It Dude, it was it was fun. That's cool. Nice. But yeah, great weekend in Atlanta. But my winner of the weekend, Steve Sarkeesian. Texas paid that man, Ted. Won the Big yep. 12 title, took his team to the playoff. Now they lost to Washington. Won multiple coach of the year awards last season was supposed to make 5.8 million next season. And that's going up to 10.3 million. Nice. And will go up a hundred thousand dollars each year through the 2030 season. Ted things are good. at Sark enterprises incorporated. Yes, they are. I, and I like how they
1: did it. You know, they, they paid him a nice contract, but it's like, let's, let's see it, you know, let's, before we do something ridiculous, like, you know, take Texas AM, for example, um, you know, let's see if the results come. You'll get the big contract. The results are there. And I got to say, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I like his system. I, I really like him as an offensive play caller. I like, like how he designs his offense. Their defense is, you know, they're not all the way there, but they've got some really good coaches on that side of the ball. He's surrounded himself with a really nice staff. So, I you know, I don't think this is sometimes you see contracts that go out there and it's like, "Man, this they're overpaying." I don't think they're overpaying right now for Sark. I think he's done a really good job there. I was I was a little skeptical in the beginning. And obviously, I was rooting for him to to not be really good, but he's he's done a really nice job there.
0: the The thing, the most impressive thing he's done, is changed the culture along the line of scrimmage there.
1: Yeah, I hate
0: complimenting Texas. I hate it. It's a physical football team on the line of scrimmage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's that's been his biggest accomplishment. They're also. They're recruiting at a very high level. It appears their NIL game is on point with some of the guys that they are getting in the portal and on the recruiting trail. Steve Sarkeesian's doing a really good job there. Yeah. Yes. And now he's a $10 million man, which makes Mm. him top five highest paid college football coach. Because you think, remember, Mike Norvell at Florida State, that Bama opening got him that big bump. He's a $10 million guy now. We got to assume, you know, we don't know the exact numbers for USC. It's a private school, but Lincoln Riley's making north of 10. Yep. Kalen DeBoer probably right in that ballpark as well, getting him to leave Washington for Bama. We haven't seen the details of that contract yet. If he's not there, it's probably close. Yep. Ryan Day's there. And then Kirby and Dabo. It's probably right. Yep. So that had to be a good day for Steve Sarkees. I had to feel good signing that one. And he can make another almost two million dollars each year in incentives. Win games, you know, win conference titles, that that type of stuff, which is built into all coaches' contracts. But I had to feel good. He also, he's getting 20 hours of private jet time for personal use. I do have one big complaint, though. Okay. What it's, I think he gets two cars. is what I read, two cars. He gets 20 hours of private jet time for personal use. So this isn't recruiting. This is outside all of his duties as the head coach. The hours don't roll over, though. It's a use it or lose it situation. Hmm. If I'm SART, I'm going in my agent and go no 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 i want if i don't use it i want it to carry over what are That's they going to do say no
1: well here's the other thing though is like coaches typically get like a couple vacations a year it's like you don't have a whole lot of time now they're on on the on the pjs quite a bit you know for recruiting and everything but for personal use you just don't have a whole lot of opportunity for personal trips and stuff, but 20 hours is pretty good.
0: I guess I didn't think of this. I guess he doesn't have to be on the plane. Right. Fly. His family could just. Family to to games and stuff. Yeah. That'd be a good way to use it, but I've I've gone off track here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now more worried about that than, you know, what the future looks like with him being the head coach of Texas, but it's kind of just the price of doing business in the SEC. And that's the thing I was thinking about. What's this mean for Venables? Really all it means is if BV has success in the first couple of years that OU's in the SEC, he is he's in line for this type of payday because this is what you pay your coach in the SEC. Yep. Nine yep. of the top 15, I looked it up, nine of the top 15 highest paid coaches. Are in the SEC. So Venables is going to have this type of paydays if OU has success. It's just how it works, man.
1: I it there's a lot of factors. I mean, obviously it's the most competitive conference, and you got a bunch of big name programs in the conference, but they also get paid the most. Like right? the payout is the biggest. And with the biggest payout, you know, comes the opportunity to Uh, to pass that down to the staff. So, yeah, I mean, you win and you win at a high level. You make a college football playoff. I mean, the criteria on that's going to change a little bit with how we say making a playoff. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but, you know, 12, four to 12. But, you know, that's the new numbers, 10 million. It's crazy up, up and away. Keeps going up higher and higher. I remember when Coach Stoops, first got a million dollars a year as a coach. I think it was right after the national championship. It was like, what? It's crazy. I think his first contract was like six or 600 K or something like that. When he first took the job at OU,
0: isn't that crazy? Hey, these coaches are dealing with a lot of problems. I get it. There's a lot going on. Hey,
1: the money has just gone up and up and up around the sport, and I, I'm in no way suggesting they're not worth it.
0: Congrats to Sart. You still lost to OU, though. All right, moving on. Mm-mm-mm-mm. My loser of the weekend, the dunk contest. I just, and Mac McClung was awesome. Nothing against the guy. He put on a show that first dunk where he kind of threw it to himself real quick and caught it and dumped it behind his head. It was awesome. That was sick. I've never seen that. Jumping over Shaq. He clean jumped over Shaq. That dude's vertical is insane. It was awesome. It's nothing against him. The three-point contest is just more interesting. You get more action. It's, It's just, I don't know. I, I, how am I supposed to take it seriously when none of the NBA guys take it seriously? Now, props to Jalen Brown and Jaime Hawkes for doing it. And I thought Haquez gained more than anyone out of it because I don't think... I, I didn't know he, had, he had, the, had that level of athleticism. I was impressed. But yeah. I... It just... I used to get so excited for that. I used to get so fired up for the dunk contest. I would never miss it. And I didn't even think about watching it this year. I I watched it after the fact, but a young me would have never, I would have been on the couch, ready to roll for the dunk contest. No, I, I didn't care because Mac McClung is winning. And great for him, man. I'm happy for the guy. That's awesome. But he's also, he's not an NBA player. So I I don't know. I'm just, I'm really torn, Ted. I'm torn.
1: Well, here's the thing. There was a time whenever the dunk contest was, it was involving the biggest names in the sport. And McClung, congratulations a uh, good player you know won the dunk contest last year he's won a back-to-back years there's a not a whole lot of people have done that and you know it's a it's a nice accomplishment but nobody knows who he is and you're not going to get people tuned in to watch that don't know who the guys are now if lebron and Giannis and Throw whoever other's names out there. Ja Morant. Morant. If there was a dunk contest with those names in it, people would be lined up to watch it. So, like, to me, that's the biggest thing that has changed. And, you know, they've messed with the format a little bit and everything, but we need big name against big name to really have something on the line.
0: But even like the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine battles, those were, those were awesome. awesome. Yeah, those were good. And, and those aren't, now Levine's a max guy, but those aren't the biggest names in the NBA, but we knew who they were. They were yeah. really, really good well, NBA players Levine still on
1: are. Uh, he wasn't really on the map before that. You know, it put him on the map.
0: But the, the three-point contest was great. Damian Lillard ends up beating Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns. Got real suspenseful there at the end of the final round. All he had to do was to hit what he just needed one on that final rack and missed the first four, but made the final ball. A little drama. Back-to-back wins for Dame Lillard in the three-point contest. But, and I was interested to see how it was going to go. I thought the Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry thing was great. I don't think that could have gone any better. She came out, Byron. She hits the she hits the first five, just buries front like her first five shots hits them all. She ends up putting up twenty six, which I believe is what you know would would have had her in the finals in the three point contest. And she was shooting from the NBA line. It was it was pretty impressive, man. But Steph Curry ends up with twenty nine. He's uh, he's really good at shooting the basketball, Ted.
1: Yes, he is. Not a shock. Um that's that is pretty cool that they did it, and you got some drama with that as well. And uh anytime Steph Curry wins uh like a three point contest, not a shock. It's like a shock if he doesn't. That's he's he's taking that uh the three point shooting to a whole different level. So that's pretty cool.
0: It it looked like he was gonna lose, but he just he was clutch on the last couple racks. I sold. That's cool. I hope they do more of that stuff moving forward. I actually would enjoy them adding a couple more WNBA players. It would be like a three-on-three, like cumulative score, three-point contest type thing. I I think that would just – it would be fun, and it it gets the WNBA players more exposure. I I think you always talk about it it just brings more people into the fold. It'll it'll just get more people interested.
1: That's pretty cool, and, you know – they almost is is as, as focused as everyone's become on three point contest. You should almost do like a a, a big man three point contest as well, like because a Ooh. lot of those guys shoot the three and do it well, you know. And Carl Anthony Towns in there doing it like you could split those up and have a couple, and maybe the two winners face each other. Or something I don't know.
0: I I definitely think it's the premier event now. So. I it's assume they're
1: good. It's just the way it flows. It's a little longer. Like if you blink, you can miss a dunk. Right. And, and often a guy will go up and have like a really cool dunk in mind and miss a couple. And it just takes that moment away. So like the three point contest, it drags out the drama much better for television.
0: Hopefully the all-star game went really well. Shea MVP. Hopefully. Yeah, of course. Mid-range jumpers don't leave the ground, Shay. Don't do it. <laughs> birthday shout-outs! Happy fifth birthday to Hudson Liam Talbert. Happy ninth birthday to Ignatius
1: Wiggins. Why did you say it like it was a question? I because I've nev- I've never seen that name before. Is that right?
0: I typed it so. It's not 100% sure that it's right. correct, but Ignatius Wiggins, that is an awesome name. It is. I love it. Happy 12th birthday to Kalen KK Maytubby. Happy 16th birthday to Peyton Schof. S C H O P F. Schof. 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 I'm going Schof. Final answer. Happy birthday, Peyton. Happy 16th birthday to Aiden Hacker Hollingsworth. Happy 35th
1: birthday to Whitney Ladick. H L A
0: D I K. You're getting some hard ones to be on purpose. (laughs) No, they're in, they're in order. Like they always are. And happy birthday to Jim and Tracy Altenbacher. on that. Take two. On that note, episode 397 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hope you all have a great start to your week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.